Our next speaker is the founder and COO of the Australian 3D Manufacturing Association. He's worked in the public and private sector and advised governments on distributed manufacturing. Please welcome Neil Sharwood. A standing ovation for Neil Sharwood. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the introduction. I'm glad you've all heard of um, 3D printing. That makes my job a little bit easier. Bear with me, there'll be a little bit where I talk about the beginning, about more general things in the medical field, and a little bit at the end. So at the moment, with 3D printing, um, and it's more than that, it's additive manufacturing. The big model is you can take a digital file and a machine can make it into a real-world object. So that's been applied to construction. This is a 3D printed building. It's a few years old now. That's a 3D printed car. Um, that's a 3D printed dress. Uh, you can 3D print food, um, makeup, models, um, signs, pretty much what you want. Um, that's a 3D printed house on the left there. Um, they did that in Russia. In 24 hours, they can do a house for $15,000. Um, the one at the top right is the 3D printed jet engine. So that was the first 3D printed jet engine in the world and it was done here in Australia. Uh, it got a fair bit of press a few years ago because it was the first. The exciting thing about this jet engine is not that it was 3D printed, that's, that's great, it was the first. Because of the way we can make things now, we can define the internal structure and this is sort of relevant to the medical field as well. So, when they print that material with titanium and special alloys, it's as strong as if they'd had um, cast it, you know, poured it into a cast. But then when they put it in an autoclave, it becomes as strong as if we'd forged it. But in a geometry, you can't forge. So it can be honeycomb. So the exciting part of that story was, they took almost 30% off the weight of a jet engine. Now just, if you think about how engineered jet engines were, that's, that's a big jump forward. That's why the aerospace industry you know, has lots of applications. Uh, we can make things we couldn't make before. The one down the bottom, um, it's a 3D printed lens. So it's out of Europe, it's ISO standard lens, and it's 3D printed and doesn't require polishing. Yeah. So this stuff's, um, you know, it's disrupting lots of areas. We can make things differently. The other th big theme is manufacturing is becoming, becoming more distributed. So you'll, you'll read a lot of things about the distributed economy. The way we store and generate power is becoming more distributed. Um, manufacturing becoming more distributed. So you don't need a factory for a whole lot of things anymore. You know, smaller businesses, um, smaller fabrication facilities, which allow for smaller production runs, uh, allow for more customization. Um, with reductions you know, in waste, reduction in shipping, storage, handling, um, it's all slowly coming. So um, when, in preparation for this one, we looked at medical applications, and there's sort of three main areas we'll talk about where we see that it's really making headway um, at a great rate. So over on the right there, prosthetics. So with prosthetics, you can produce them for about a tenth of the cost. They are more custom-made. They're custom-made for the patient. The patient can be involved in the design process. 
Um, and they may have, you know, they might say, you know what, I wish you could do this. I wish it was like that. Um, they can have their own tastes. They can have a few of them. So that's really going along. And there's a lot of um, groups and even schools and that playing with doing this as part of the process. The other one on the left here is 3D models. So we can make medical models and they can take the 3D scans from you know, 3D imaging and make a model. So the applications are, it allows for better planning for procedures. Surgeons have even practiced on the models beforehand. They can even take them into the operating theatre and you know, cut the model before they cut the patient if they're in doubt. So where they've applied that, it's giving you better outcomes. And the other area is in teaching. Um, so in anatomy and all this, I've got some slides on this later on. So those areas as well. And then on the top one, the other, the other area is when they're um, you know, basically building you new parts. So they're taking living cells, um, usually encapsulating them in a hydrogel, and then building a structure. So in that slide there, they're building an ear. Um, it's built with tumor cells, your own cells, so you know, a lot of issues like you know, rejection, the rest of it go away. And that's another area where, you know, in the future, we hope that's going to keep on going because that's got some great, great benefits. Uh, University of Wollongong have actually used this technology coupled with you know, building that to do things like regenerate nerves, um, reconnect seven nerves. So there's a lot of exciting things happening in this field. This is one with a 3D printed tablets. So uh, a 3D printed tablet so you can design how it dissolves, when it dissolves, what, you know, you can have a couple of uh, medicines at the same time, so it can be a polypill, and you can design it and structure it to deliver, you know, as it passes through the body at the right times for better results. Tailor-made to the patient. This is, um, more of what I was talking about, the models. So Professor McMenamin here at Monash University down the bottom, he teaches uh, anatomy and they've embraced 3D printing. And it's dr driven down the costs dramatically. So they can 3D print a whole um, body for a tenth of the price at what costs to buy a cadaver and use it. Um, they're finding it's easier to use. Imagine, you know, what it costs to run an operating theatre as opposed to just getting together and using a model. So great for learning. Um, they've also found that people are more willing to pick up a plastic model and then play with it than a pickled part, as you can imagine. Um, up the top, you know, surgery preparation again. Um, on the right, so this is a model with, with the tumour highlighted so they you can plan better, you can sit around before the procedure and do it. So great for learning outcomes and great for you know, procedures. Uh, prosthetics again. It's part of you know, all these custom-made designs and the rest of it. The other area um, which we think, so when we had the we had the research team sit down in preparation for this talk. We were saying, let's talk about you know, the things we see coming and the exciting things. Uh, if they're talking about 3D printing replacement parts, well, 
why couldn't we improve on the design? There's already universities saying, if we're going to 3D print bones, we can make them better. So as you know, bones are great this way, not so strong this way. Um, you know, all these sorts of things have impact right across our society for sport, all sorts of things. You know, are we going to start trying to improve ourselves? Are we going to let people do that? The machinery. So you've all heard of 3D printers and you probably all thought of, you know, you can buy one at Aldi, you can see them online. Yeah. <laughs> and look, they're great. They're not, they're not what we're talking about yet at that stage for the commercial use. A lot of those ones, those home enthusiast ones, they're good, um, probably not even suitable for schools yet. Um, you know, we tend to say, if your business model can value your time at zero, it works. If it doesn't, they're not for you. But we are seeing the commercial ones become more affordable and more specialised. So this one's a medical only one, it's a fluidic factory for encapsulating liquids. Very niche use, staying to be, you know, affordable, very good for its thing, for its use, and that's what we're going to start seeing more and more of. Even the high-end ones, this is an engineering one that does metal, they're becoming more affordable. The price is dropping rapidly on those. Years ago, they were multi-million dollar machines, um, and now you can get them for under $100,000. Um, we talked about you know, making parts before. Some of the universities are starting to do this. They're starting to play with you know, what structures work better for bones. What is the structure? How much material? How much you know, already playing with it and printing them? And, and this is... Um, these are biomaterials, so they're, they're biocompatible for implanting in the body. Um, there's a whole field of nanobionics, which Australia is a, a leader in the field of. Um, the University of Wollongong sort of developed the field, and they've been doing a lot of work on that. The, the big message, I, I guess, you know, moving wider again, from, you know, for the association and what we'd hope for you to take away today is that and you know, building on what Jordan said today and the other speakers have said, is we're sort of in another industrial revolution. So it's not, it's not just that we're making things differently, you can make different things. There's all these technologies coming at the same time. And where they intersect, there's lots of exciting things. Um, you'll see at the moment people talk about the, the, the fourth industrial revolution or the third industrial revolution. Industry 4.0, you'll see all these terms. People argue about what it is. Our research team um, and our policy team, we see this as you know, what's happening now as the second industrial revolution. So if you think about it, we all used to live pretty much on farms and horses were transported. And then you know, all of a sudden we had steam power, so we had factories, and then we had railways, then we had telegrams. So the other industrial revolutions were just an improvement. You know? Instead of trains, we had cars, instead of telegrams we had phones, instead of steam power we have electricity. What we're seeing now is, is a, a big decentralisation. Yeah. You're all carrying computing power in your pockets now, which decades ago only governments and multinational corporations had. But you're all seeing that now. We're starting to see that shift. You're going to have greater access to manufacturing capability. You can have a, you know, you can have an invention, an idea for an invention in the morning, have the prototype in your hand in the afternoon. 
great for the field of medicine, you know, where you want just, you know, you're not producing millions, you want to produce one for one patient. So the things, and you've seen today where these things intersect, augmented and virtual reality, great when they work together. Um, for us in the field of 3D manufacturing, the fact where you can you know, put on the virtual goggles and design something, aided by a, 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 an expert or an AI system, can give you great outcomes. Um, there's some great things they do there. In the architectural field, they have ones where you can put the goggles on, you can sit in your virtually designed house, you can run through a year's worth of sunshine to see if it's sighted as you want it. Fantastic, you know, fantastic stuff. Um, AI, um, once again, making great bounds in this. We see AI not as a you know, standalone technology, but how it works with these other technologies coming at the moment. That's where the benefit will be. Uh, blockchain, another one. Internet of Things. Just quickly, Internet of Things is where we connect all these things with sensors together and put them together and get information from them. Um, as a great example I'll give you right now would be, if you think about if we want to know about rainfall, we have a satellite looking down from the sky and it tells us where it's raining. In the future we won't. The windshield wipers will tell us where they are, how fast they're going and whether they're on or not. It's much better. Um, you've probably seen this stuff, the SENS Institute, um, rejuvenation, anti-aging therapies. Our, our policy team said this is probably the most exciting part in the medical field at the moment. Um, particularly for us, you know, where we talk about 3D manufacturing, where you can build you know, new body parts and all the rest of it. And finally, the other thing I'll talk about is the new materials. So for us with manufacturing, we're seeing new materials, which we've had for a while in laboratories, but now we'll be able to make them in commercial quantities. So that's um, 3D aerogel, as you can see from the photo, not very heavy, 10 times stronger than steel. Um, really fantastic. That's a, 3D, um, that's a silicon aerogel. Um, as you can see, it's a great insulator and very, very light. It's, when it's charged, it's actually lighter than the air. It's a solid. Um, this is a micro lattice. Um, transparent aluminium, metallic glasses, uh, materials that bend light around them. All these new materials are coming at the same time as well. Thank you.